0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Welcome to Murder Mile, true crime podcast and audio, bloody, 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 by blah. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. We are back on Meander Mile again. This is the second week. Uh, We had uh, the Soho one last week. This week we're gonna go into Covent Garden. Um, Quite a few people last week, this was quite interesting. Even though I've put some pictures on my blog and you can follow the episode via the pictures on my blog, some very novel people have been using uh, Google Maps to follow me, so you can do that as well. So just to let you know, um, we're gonna do a tour of Covent Garden. I'm actually outside Covent Garden station uh on the corner of long acre uh looking down at my notes here whoa, what's going on it's all crazy so it's very busy today uh, you're welcome to follow me i'm just outside the covent Garden station it's a four-story building one of the original old tube stations uh from the uh, i think it's 1880s i believe but i could be wrong there's probably a big sign on it tell, telling me how old it is but i don't know because i haven't got it on my notes in front of me Anyway, uh, for those who are new to this episode, this is not a regular episode. This is Meander Uh There's no s- sound effects added. This is all original sound. There's a car about to go past. Mm. There you go. Uh, normally in the regular episode, that would be me adding that sound effect in. But this is all going to be natural. So, I'm going to take you on a walk through Covent Garden. So we're walking forwards and we're going down... James Street. Now before we go down James Street, um, what I'm gonna do uh, I'm looking at my notes and working out why why did I do it this way? Uh, so uh on Long Acre there's actually a couple of murders that we haven't done on the podcast before, but I am hoping to do that soon. Uh just down the road from here 126 Long Acre. Is the murder of Helen uh, Helen Friedman, also known as Russian Dora. Now, you may have heard that story before or me mentioned it before, especially in the Ginger Ray episode, because uh, at 126 Long Acre on the third floor, location still exists today, you can have a look at that. Um, Russian Dora, Russian, Russian oh, my brain's gone, I'm so tired, I'm just in the tour, really pooped. Um, Russian Dora, who was a former Jewish heiress. Uh, she was very impoverished, she'd been widowed, she hadn't got any money left. She uh, landed into prostitution, unfortunately. Um, now, the press had claimed that she'd been murdered by the Soho Strangler, who is a name that you'll recognise from um, from my tours that I do, but this is the second return of the Soho Strangler in the late 1940s. It is said that Russian Dora, as well as... Here's some names that you'll recognise from the podcast. Uh, Ginger Ray, from ep- episode 7 and 8. Margaret Cook from episode thirteen, uh, and Black Rita, hopefully coming soon. That they were all murdered by the same man, who they call the Soho Strangler, the new one from the 1940s, not the old one from the tour from the 1930s. Uh, now she was f- found slabbed, s- slabbed to death. What is going on with my voice today? I'm all over the shop. Uh, she was found stabbed to death in her flat, 126 Long Acre. Um, it's still unsolved to this day the pol- original police file isn't it is in the national archives i just can't take it out which is a real pain so hopefully that's coming th- soon to murder mile um, not too far from here just down the road from here at th- uh, 31 banbury court right by the Covent garden tube station uh, this is one of those old stories that i quite like 10th of may 1852 david belasco who was a brothel keeper killed robert clark and uh, no, the brothel, brothel was at 31 Banbury Street, as mentioned. The, uh, the street's not there anymore, the building's not there, but the alley that uh, is involved in the story is still there. Uh, Robert Clark was attacked, uh, he attacked a sex worker uh, and he refused to pay up at the end. So he was beaten up and he was thrown down the stairs uh, and ended up dead. It was actually David Belasco and his three friends, three female friends who were prostitutes there, who beat him up and threw him down the stairs. Um, Now, he later died of his injuries, Uh, they assaulted him, Robert Clark, and then they stamped on his head. Uh, David Belasco was given just 12 months in prison for that. Not very nice man. Uh, Also on here, not too far from here, we have um, a story, I'm not going to tell you too much about this one. Uh, It's a story about David Crawley. I'm uh, oh, trying to work out what not to tell you. It's quite interesting. He was a homeless devil worshipper. This will, this will be what, uh, the episode that will finish this uh, our ten-part run of uh, murder mile episodes. Obviously, um, next week uh, you've got Roberto Troyan. That's a new episode coming out. Then you've got oh Elizabeth Wakefield, which is quite an interesting story. There'll be ten episodes of that coming up, um, but this will be the final one that I think I might top off the series with. Uh, this is about uh, a homeless devil worshipper called Edward Crowley not his real name uh, notorious Satanist um, he murdered a 12 year old boy I'm not going to tell you any more about that but that's not too far away that's on Earlham Street which is near if you know Covent Garden it's near Seven Dials so what I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna take you down on James Street uh, and we're going to head into Covent Garden. This is just outside uh, Covent Garden tube station. Uh, very busy at the moment. Lots of people. Lots of people standing around, milling, doing very little. Uh, uh, pretending, pretending to find things amusing, having coffee. Uh, lots of rickshaws that really don't serve any purpose. A balloon modeler is here. Why? I don't know. What's I got to do with Covent Garden? I don't know. Lots of new stores. Tiffany have just opened up a new store. Uh, because Covent Garden is now becoming posh. If you would have been here about 10, 20 years ago, ugh, absolutely horrible. Anyway, I'll give you a little bit of a, uh, a history on Covent Garden. You can you can fast forward past this bit. It, you'll probably go, history, I don't care. Uh, in May 1670, King Charles the Session, King, Char- ugh, see how tired I am today. King Charles II ses- Second Sessioned. What the flip is going on? You can tell that I need beer, beer and cake. King Charles II issued a grant to the 4th Earl of Bedford to hold a market in Covent Garden's Piazza on every day of the year except Sundays and Christmas Day for buying and selling all manner of fruit, flowers, roots and herbs. Roots and herbs! so that was obviously three centuries ago. Uh, it's become one of the largest fruit and vegetable markets. Oh, I mean, it really was up until probably the 70s or 80s. If you watch a really good film, one of my favourite films, *Frenzy*, the penultimate Alfred Hitchcock film, uh, that was shot in the 70s, you can early 1970s. You can still see where Covent Garden was still a fruit market. Now it's kind of a a market for you know pretentious stuff. You know, I love pretentious stuff. Anyway, uh, if you walk around here, there's loads of blue plaques. I'm just walking past the White Lion pub at the moment and the Nags Head. Two pubs on both corners. Fantastic. Uh, police siren in the background. That's not me adding in that sound. Wall Burgers is here. Uh, obviously, it's that Marky Mark's new restaurant. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Funky Burger, it is. If you go back to my uh, Mini mile episode about celebrities um, who have committed murders or crimes, you will see that Marky Mark was involved in a racist attack many years ago, which he has apologised for now. Uh, Just walking down the street, obviously we've got Michael Kouris there and sketches. and uh, if you listen to uh, No Such Thing as a Fish, uh, their offices, I I believe, are still on this street. It used to be a little while ago, so if you hear sounds in the background on their podcast and you can hear cheering and stuff that's their podcast as well they're, they're on this they in one of these buildings to the side uh, just around here we have some street performers all very exciting We've got one of those uh, one of those really pointless do you know the people who dress up as uh, what they call human statues or something like that it's like years of drama school and what have you decided to do with it standing still wearing a costume hmm anyway okay that's that's, That's me getting my little rant out of the way. So, let's move forward. As we enter the Piazza, this is the Piazza. Um, the Piazza is huge. Everything is, is uh, kind of made of uh, stone, sandstone, things like that. Uh, just to my right is the, the Apple Store. Very nice, very posh. Although they don't like you if, like me, you come in with your Samsung. Your Samsung and Ooh. your Toshiba, they don't like oh, it. Oh. Uh, a performer warming up there. Check 123, check. Check 123, check 123. the people of London, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, apparently. It's going to be about 30 seconds. It's going to be about 30 seconds. I'm going to move out of the way because he's talking waffle. So anyway, this is in the Piazza. Uh, the Piazza is kind of, it's a big square, basically. Piazza, as we all know, is Italian for square. It's a, it's a square. Let's call it a square, which is what it is. In front of us is the uh, the, the market hall itself. It uh, used to be full of fruitiers and uh, vegetable uh, shop places. Brr, my brain's gone. But now in front of me is Christian Dior. Yeah, because gone are the days where you need fruit. Now you need uh, expensive uh, jewellery and crap like that. So anyway, first murder in the piazza. This is as you enter the piazza. This murder happened here. So, 7th of April, 1799, shortly after 11.30pm, Martha Ray, who was a singer and mistress of John Montagu, the 4th Earl of Sandwich, was shot dead as she was getting into a carriage outside of the Covent Garden Theatre at the northeast corner of the Covent Garden Piazza. Oh, dear, I'm out of breath today. Why am I out of breath? Uh, On the 7th of April, uh, 1799, a few weeks after his... ordination 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 as a priest of the catholic church reverend Hackman followed Martha Ray to Covent Garden suspected that Ray uh, Martha Ray had a new lover and when Hackman saw her in the theatre with William Hanger good name third third baron of Coleraine he left fetched two pistols and waited in a nearby coffee house basically as she came out uh, what was he say? Oh, I've got it written. He, he approached, uh, approached the ladies as they were about to get into the carriage. He put one pistol to Ray's forehead and shot her dead right on the spot. Don't forget, these are the days where you only had one shot per pistol and you had to put the shot in and you had to put the wadden in it. Uh, he shot her dead, and then with the other one, he tried to kill himself but only caused a, f- a flesh wound. He then beat himself and discharged, and, and with both pistols discharged, he was arrested and taken away. And he was a member of the Catholic Church. Lovely, lovely. Apparently he was absolutely obsessed with Martha Ray. Uh, and even though around that era there was the all about uh, celibacy for priests and things like that, he was like, sod this, I love her too much. I love her too much. So uh, as you can see, there's more performers down here. Well, I'm saying, as you can see, you can't see, can you? Um, there was a man playing something. I don't know what it is. It looks like... It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting instrument that I don't recognise. It looks like a half horn. Half horn, that's all I'm going to say. Cool, let's get out of the way. I'm passing Sushi Samba at the moment. We're just about to go to uh, the, the first corner. And we're just going to take a turn, just literally behind us. So where I'm facing now, I'm facing uh, Tom Davies, the bespoke opticians. Uh, just behind here is actually Bow Street. And you'll remember Bow Street from before. Before? How tired am I? My speech is all over the place. Um, this is Bow. Behind you is Bow Street, and in there is Bow Street Police Station and Magistrates Court. Uh, now, in there, uh, Doctor Hawley, Hawley Crippen. Uh, we haven't done uh, him on the episode yet. He's very famous. Very famous murderer? Question mark. Uh, but he was charged there, and he was sentenced to death for the murder of his wife, Cora Henrietta Crippen. Uh, I'm going to do a special about that, about that case itself. Even if you know a lot about that case, um, there will be uh, things that hopefully you won't know. Um, that will be hopefully in season four. Uh, and also in that court was the initial appearance of Ronnie Cray of the Cray Twins. Our good friend, Reg Christie. I wondered if you like a nice cup of tea. As well as many others mentioned in Murder Mile. Also, Bow Street Police Station was also the home of the Bow Street Runners the forerunners of the uh, uh metropolitan police force you know uh now hopefully i'm going to do this story as well this is uh i'm literally about to get onto the corner i'm still in the piazza but i'm on the corner of russell street so if you're following me on google maps i'm literally just outside is it called fruitons i don't know i don't i don't shop in these places uh, there's a starbucks there as well and and a, a bushura all these places that i don't understand anyway i'm i'm, fo- I'm focused uh down russell street towards where frozen is on at the moment and that is uh, bow street hopefully we're going to do this soon the coach and horses on on uh, literally around the corner on wellington street uh it's straight ahead it's actually a continuation of bow street uh on the 20th of december 1940 oh 1940s 1940, my favorite era we all know that um, the pub is still there today it's coaching horses a canadian uh soldier <coughs> oh excuse me uh james Cale forbes McCallan. good name uh, a 21 year old canadian sailor was sentenced to death at the old bailey for the murder <coughs> for the murder of what was his name uh, uh maurice shulman and it happened in this pub i'm not really going to say too much about it at the moment because it's quite an interesting story um and it's going to be one of those ones that hopefully you'll you'll listen to and you go oh, you'll think you'll know what way it's going but then you'll go oh it's not you no, it really is Now, also on this, uh, we're not actually too far away from a place called 35 Kebble Street. Just outside Covent Garden, it's actually a residential area. um, And this is the home of the first date killer. His name's Carl Taylor. This happened not too long ago. Uh, He murdered fitness instructor Kate Beagley. Hopefully that story will be coming soon to Murder Mile. There's loads of coming soon to Murder Mile on this. And not too far away, if we're facing this direction, so if I'm looking south, Uh, And we're looking at about 10, yeah, about 10 o'clock. We're not too far away from Newgate Prison, which is where the Old Bailey is. We're going to be doing some more stories coming up soon about the Old Bailey, especially uh, one of, well, hopefully two of Britain's uh, and the world's most prolific female serial killers, uh, one of whom is Ada Chard. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about this, but this is... uh, she was effectively a baby farmer. We'll explain more about that then. But basically, uh, we've heard about this on the podcast a couple of times before. That it was quite a cruel era, especially if you're a woman. Uh, what was laid down by the law? The law, want, uh, the government wanted people, uh, couples to all be married. They didn't want single women because it's against God and all that kind of rubbish. Uh, so they laid down the law that said, uh, if you're a woman uh, and you've got a child uh the father didn't have to support the child or if you were unmarried the father didn't have to support the child it was down to you so basically you had to run four five jobs at the same time in order to to make sure that your baby had enough food and stuff like that and if you couldn't the child would be taken into the workhouse we're not too far away from the uh, the uh the baby killer of bedfordbury episode three and that's part of that story as well it's the uh the poor law amendment act of 1831 which really, really penalised a lot of women, not for being poor, but simply for just being female and and not being married, having a baby and not being married. It was very unjust. So, uh, Ada Chard uh, was tried at the Old Bailey and executed uh, outside the Old Bailey at uh, what was formerly Newgate Prison. If you go to Newgate Street, that's where the outdoor execution site for uh, the Old Bailey for the Newgate Prison used to be. Uh, That's until they... um, Uh, they moved it inside they stopped doing public executions so I'm not going to tell you more of that story I'm going to leave that kind of uh, slightly open but uh, just like her who was the other one who was the other one Uh, there's another lady who's the one that Britain's most prolific serial killers female serial killers what was her name I wrote it down uh, Amelia Dyer of course uh, they were both executed es- roughly around the same time normally with public executions you would get 10 20 30,000 people if it, someone was really nasty people turning up that'd be how many you get in the audience watching it going "Yeah, die you horrible fucker sorry about my bad language then it cropped up um but when uh Ada Chard was murdered more a crowd of more than a hundred thousand people turned up and when you consider that was turn of the century that was 1900 and the population like population of london now is nine million population back then i should have checked my notes before but it wasn't anywhere near three so uh obviously a big amount of people a hundred thousand people that's a lot of people so anyway one of one of the world's most prolific female serial killers killed uh between them well, each of them killed, uh, they reckon around 400 children each. Um, but obviously they were impoverished children, no one really gave a shit around that, around that time, they were just like, who cares? Uh, what's this? Oh yes, let's go down, let's head down to Maiden Lane, so I'm going to head down south, along, along the piazza. Lots of people outside, uh, having teas, coffees, um, what they don't realise is they're paying £7 for a really, really piss poor tea and coffee. Ugh. well then again it's Covent garden it's a it's a tourist trap it's a tourist trap if, if you're coming to london and you, you may think oh no he hates tourists i don't i just when i'm a tourist what i always do is go and visit get past there. what i always do is go and find places that are real where the real people live so if you hop around the corners uh don't go to the tourist trap go to the other places and you'll find some really uh i've gone the wrong way i've gone the wrong way maiden lane hang on there we go there we go i'm back in maiden lane now oh dear sorry about that folks so maiden lane um oh yeah no i was just saying so if you come to places that you're unfamiliar with don't do the touristy stuff go go off to the side streets find the places that the real people live that's what i do and i absolutely love it you you learn a lot more about the city from, from real people, not this tourist stuff. Tourist stuff is just BS. It's BS. Right, whoa, oh, dear, I'm out of breath. Right, we're in Maiden Lane. Whoa. I'm tired. Uh, so um, if you come on a tour uh, in Covent Garden, they'll probably tell you the story about the murder of William Terrace. Whoa. William Terrace, wow. And you're probably thinking right now, well, who the hell is William Terrace? Back in his day, William Terrace was essentially the Brad Pitt of his day. He was a theatre actor, who was incredibly famous, incredibly well respected, everyone absolutely loved him. You put his name on a show and he would absolutely sell it out. He was like, everyone was like, wow, William Terrace. So, but this is about his murder. Uh, so he was murdered by a disgruntled disgrunt called disgruntled, disgruntled actor called William Archer Prince. Uh, this story may come to murder if, if I can. Uh, cease my stark my sarcasm because it is a bit of a i do find it a bit of a pathetic story um uh, william terrace was murdered by disgruntled actor richard archer prince um, basically william terrace uh, was an english actor known for his historic portrayal of robin hood and the revered and a revered shakespearean performances in 1897 uh when he entered the Adelphi Theatre in Maiden Lane, he was murdered by a deranged actor called Richard Archer Prince. Uh, there's actually a green plaque uh, for William Terrace but just behind it. If you're following me on Google Maps, I literally have just gone down Sam- Southampton Street. I'm on the corner of Maiden Lane just outside the, the Costa Coffee. Um. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush
2: care.
1: God, yeah. there's a green plaque there at the moment uh just outside the stage door the backstage door uh oh where else would the stage door be god i'm an idiot uh of the adelphi the- theater that's at numbers 18 to 20 maiden lane um and this is where uh richard stabbed uh, uh william oh my brain is on william terrace to death uh, basically um Oh, my brain has gone. How tired am I today? Uh, Richard Prince, failed actor. Uh, he blamed his shitty career on William Terrace, even though, because William Terrace was famous. He, he wasn't an arrogant man. He was actually quite a nice man, William Terrace. And he would help Richard Prince out. He would loan him money. He would try and try and put him up into various shows that were coming on, give him bit parts. He wasn't a good actor, Richard Prince, but what he would do was give him little bit parts here and there to help him out. Um, and it had just got to the point where William Terrace had said, he just, I just can't be asked anymore. He just can't be asked. He was helping the guy out so many times and any time he wouldn't help him out, Richard Prince would blame him for the the demise of his career and his career was not good anyway. Uh, Richard Prince was a bit of a shitty actor. Uh, At the trial, uh, Richard Prince was found guilty but insane and sent to Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum where he died in 1936 his relatively mild sentence was met with anger by the theatrical community and Sir Henry Irving uh, later quoted as saying that Terrace was an actor so his murder uh, will not be executed meaning that uh, the reason why they didn't execute uh, Richard Prince for the murder of uh, William Terrace was because uh, William Terrace was an actor and therefore it wasn't taken seriously which was bollocks. If you, read, if you go to, you can do this, you can go to uh, the Old Bailey online, the court transcripts are on there. If you look at anyone else's cases, you will see that it says, uh, like, um, the lawyer turns up there, one lawyer, it's kind of a junior lawyer, the lawyer says blah, 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 gives the evidence and then they walk out. In this case, because it was William Terrace because he was famous, everyone involved in this case is a QC, there's about five QCs, so there's some serious expert witnesses, everyone has been called in to, to try this case. So to be honest, William Terrace was given every opportunity. But uh, not, not saying that he deserved to die, but you know, it's the unfairness of just because someone, someone is famous, he should be treated any different than anyone else. Whew, I'm out of breath. Um, I'm just gonna, I just shot back up on Southampton Road, Southampton Street. Uh, if I'm looking south, in front of me, uh, I have the Strand just in front of me. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much looking at the coal hole at the moment. And then beyond that is uh, the Thames, just in front. You can't see the Thames from here, you can't quite. But soon uh, we're probably going to do the story of the murder of Georgi Markov. I'm not really going to say too much about that. I think most people already kind of know it. Um, Georgi Markov was a um, Bulgarian dissident who defected to, the, uh, defected to London. Uh, this was in the 1960s. Um, uh, he worked for, the, worked for uh, BBC's World Service. This gave him a fantastic opportunity to talk about the political views in his homeland, because he had the freedom of the United Kingdom. He was relatively safe in this country, but obviously his opinions made it all the way back to Bulgaria, and it didn't go down with the kind of the fascist regime who were running Bulgaria at that point. On the 7th of September, 1978, Georgie Markov was standing at a bus stop on Waterloo Bridge, waiting for his ride home, when a stranger bumped into him uh, and uh, dropped their umbrella, apologised, and then moved on. Georgy Markov thought nothing of it. The guy apparently had a foreign accent. He jumped in a cab and disappeared. It was only when Georgi Markov went home that he was, uh, he, he felt a real stinging pain in his leg. He'd felt that when the guy bumped into him, he thought nothing of it. Um, a Couple of days later, uh, that got uh, really badly infected and it turned out that what that umbrella actually was, it was actually a weapon. It had a, a, a very small pellet inside it and inside that pellet uh, was ricin. Yeah, uh, highly poisonous ricin. Basically it had been injected into his leg. He didn't feel it. It went into his leg uh, ricin one of the most dangerous substances known to man it really is if you have a look at my blog or go to the mini mile episode about poisons it's mentioned on there and will mention about how poisonous it is it really is poisonous uh, basically um, that pellet was stabbed into his leg and he died a couple of days later still to, uh, ricin there's no known antidote uh, and jo- uh, Georgi Markov was dead within four days Uh, This is quite an interesting piece, I might, uh, if I can find an interesting twist to it, I might put that up uh, as a companion piece for the Alexander Litvinenko episode, uh, episode 20. Uh, So that might be coming soon as well. Uh, No real spoilers here, because some of these episodes I might put up, some of these episodes I might not put up, I don't really know. Um, Now, we're just on, I am literally on the corner of uh, Henrietta Street and Southampton Street I'm actually on the top end of Southampton Street Uh, I'm still literally on the piazza for Covent Garden it's literally in front of me right here Uh, this is a story this won't be turned into an episode but it's just something interesting Um, this happened in uh, 1807 19 year old Anne Webb came to London from the country she was lured into prostitution by a carpenter called Thomas Greenway he was a part time pimp who went under the assumed name of Weeping Billy. His real name... uh, well, um, What's his name? uh, Weeping Willie White. Uh, And he lived off women of uh, uh, immoral earnings, that's the way they like to recall it in those days, uh, who lived in Southwark. He was a cruel man Um, so much so that one of the women who worked for him I use the word work in inverted commas uh, it actually drove her to commit suicide and therefore Anne Webb who we're talking about here the 19 year old lady who came to London uh, she left his protection again inverted commas Um, she was stood on her beat this is her beat right here on the corner of what was named Higgler's Lane and Dirty Lane so that is the corner of uh, Southampton Street uh, and Henrietta Street Uh, I'll take some pictures, these will all be on the blog very shortly. Note to self, don't forget to take the pictures. Um, uh, Around that time they were seen arguing, so Anne Webb and uh, Thomas were seen arguing. Uh, At 2am she was found lying on the ground, her legs indecently exposed and parted. She was dead and her genitals had been chopped off and thrown under a cart. Thomas Greenaway was charged for her murder, and although Anne Webb's landlady and other female friends were so scathing in their description of Thomas Greenaway, a.k.a. Weeping Willie, he was acquitted through lack of evidence. I'd I'd love to go and actually find the... uh, I I might do this as a kind of mini extra... Maybe I'll do this as kind of a a Patreon-only episode or something like that, but... um, I'm interested to get the uh, the. Oh, I'm saying er uh, a lot at the moment. How tired am I? I haven't eaten. Haven't eaten. I'd uh, be interested to get the uh, the. Uh, 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 uh. I'm turning into Boris Johnson. It's almost as if someone has asked me what I do as a hobby. Did you see that? Check out that video. What Boris Johnson does as a hobby. Hilarious. Uh, I would love to go and get the um, the uh, the old Bailey case notes just to see what was going on with there because when it says lack of lack of evidence. I have a feeling it will be of that era where they just say they deny all of the evidence given by the prostitutes, because even up until the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, it's still in a lot of police records. It still says the prostitutes, therefore, um, they're all liars. If you go back to go back to the uh, Ginger Ray episode, uh, spoilers, episode eight, uh, with the uh, the Tory politician. Oh, just hit the microphone, the Tory politician. Um, who uh, uh, they reckon killed well, I reckon killed Ginger Ray. Uh, they said even though he was found with covered in blood, round the corner from where she was murdered, and his face was scarred with a key, a set of keys, which was like her calling sign of that what she would do if uh, anyone was going to attack her. Police said that she was. Uh, police said that he was a man of good character, but all the prostitutes, they said, they're all prostitutes, therefore they're all liars, even though their evidence was fantastic. Whew. Anyway. Uh, so I'm just gonna go around the corner here. I'm heading north heading up into the piazza uh, I'm gonna take a little left down to Henrietta Street This is something I quite like doing every so often. I love films. I love film locations uh, Whenever I'm in King's Cross, I always go looking for the locations for the lady killers one of my favorite films 1956 lady killers, Ealing comedy um, Alec Guinness Herbert Lom uh, Peter Sellers, oh, what, what more can you ask for, it's one of the greatest films ever, I absolutely love it, so the locations are all in King's Cross, but just in front of me now, uh, at number 3 Henrietta Street, oh it's gone all weird, oh I don't like it, uh, number 3 Henrietta Street, uh, have a look at this building now, I'll take a picture of it for you, it's not a murder location, but it's actually, uh, the, the first floor is the location uh, for the, one of my favourite Alfred Hitchcock films, is the penultimate film, Frenzy, if you listen to that that's where uh, uh william rusk i believe the name is william rusk he was the the killer in that piece he lived on the first floor and they shot most of it in there and they used to Covent Garden. have a look at it it's really fascinating it's it's one of those i think you can download it uh for free off youtube i believe it's not a great copy but it'll do Whew. so a uh, little annoying child chasing pigeons why do parents let their kids do that chase pigeons It's like if a giant pigeon chased their child, they would call the police or the army and have it shot. Anyway, uh, I'm on the corner of Henrietta Street, so literally, if I'm facing north now, to my left, we're not too far away from the uh, baby batterer of Bedfordbury. Not too far away, that was my episode three, one of my early ones. Interesting, uh, I can't remember who who asked the question on my podcast, uh, on uh, my... Uh, discussion group grecia it was gloria wasn't it thank you gloria you you posed a very good question yesterday as i'm recording this uh saying which of the murder mile episodes could people only listen to once uh, not not because of lack of quality i hope but uh, because obviously it was t- t- too taxing too kind of horrific to listen to and it was really fascinating uh, the, the ones that people came up with were the bedfordbury baby batra uh, the charlie Churguin one the uh, uh, what was the other one what was the other one? Oh, the uh, the wife beater of um, uh, Alexander Moyer. So literally, Alexander Moyer is to my right. is literally about a, a two-minute walk away. On my right, to the left, a two-minute walk away is the baby baby batterer of uh That's James John Richardson killed Thomas. <coughs> excuse me, uh, Thomas James Mills. Uh, his two-year-old son who was found guilty by insanity. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's quite horrific, but it's really interesting. It gives you a good insight into uh, mental health care in that era and well really a lack of mental health care. and how, as mentioned before, the Poor Law Amendment Act was stacked against very much against women, uh, and there was no help for any of them really. It's, uh, even though one of them was the murderer, one of them was uh, ended up dead. Uh, actually all three of them if you uh, have a list to that episode were all uh, victims uh, I'm just going to go into Covent Garden this will be the ooh, west side of Covent Garden uh, as I approach up here there's lots of public performances I'm just outside the Nat West at the moment um, <coughs> but it was here there's actually a sign not too far away that this is where the world's first Punch and Judy was ever performed uh, if you've uh, if you're from outside London and you don't know about Punch and Judy, Ch- Punch and Judy is basically a puppet show uh, about a, uh, a puppet called Mr. Punch uh, who enjoys beating up his wife. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, a, a harmless funny tale about domestic abuse. Uh, but because it's traditional, we still keep it going in this country today. I think they've probably changed bits and pieces here and there to make it a little bit more sanitary for kind of modern audiences. But uh, it still exists today. Oh, just to say, so I'm heading north. So behind me, we're not too far away from uh, Charing, Cross, Charing Cross Station. Um, Charing Cross Station will crop up a couple of times in the, uh, the podcast coming up soon. Uh, whether I'm going to do this one, I'm not too sure. But... Uh, John Robinson, uh, on the 10th of May, 1927, staff at Charing Cross Railway Station... Oh, that was a burpee then. Ooh, sorry, I just had a a pint of lemonade, it was very nice. Very nice, but it's made me burpee. Uh, on the 10th of May, 1927, staff at Charing Cross Railway Station uh, noticed an unpleasant smell in the left luggage department, where they found the dismembered body of a woman. Concerned by the foul smell in the cloakroom, um... A lady was discovered inside the trunk. I'm not going to tell you any more about it because I'm still researching that at the moment. I'm trying to find an angle for it. You know me, I don't like to tell the story just as it is. So that might be one coming soon. Um, if we're facing north, not too far from here is the is uh, is St. Martin's Lane. We've mentioned it before, that is not too far away from... Uh, a man is clapping by himself, that's very weird. Uh, not too far away from Elsie uh, May Batten, you remember the one about the, the uh, Edwin Bush he was the young man. He stole a dress sword. He went into a shop. He stole a dress sword. He killed Elsie May Batten because he wanted to take the dress sword and then uh, uh, sell it so he could buy an engagement ring for his girlfriend. We mentioned this in the last episode. Um, and this was the first murder that was convicted by uh, Identikit. We mentioned this in the, in the last one. That's not too far away. So that is St. Martin's Lane. But uh, I haven't done this on the podcast yet. I'm thinking about doing this. Um... There's a pub called the Salisbury. Very good pub there. I I, I booze there quite a lot. Uh, it's quite an interesting place. Uh, so between Dennis Nielsen, ah Dennis, ah Dennis, between Dennis Nielsen's first and second murders, if you haven't listened to uh, my two-parter about Dennis Nielsen, episodes 11 and 12 about the the victims who survived Dennis Nielsen, go and listen to those. They're very interesting. Or come on a murder bar walk, and you'll learn more about Dennis Nielsen. Ah Dennis. Uh, so between Dennis Nielsen's first and second murders there was a year gap between Dennis attempted to murder Andrew Ho a student from Hong Kong he had met in the Salisbury Public House it still exists there still looks identical as it, as it did uh, back in his era which was the uh, late 70s although questioned by the police the student decided not to prosecute and Nielsen was released without charge Many th- th- these were one of many attempted killings by Dennis Nielsen uh, so it's interesting if, if, if Andrew Ho maybe would have uh, prosecuted him maybe he would have been stopped maybe less people would have been murdered we don't know we don't know Whew. and I'm just going to go to the um... oh there out of breath uh, I'm going to go past this public display that's on the moment here what's going on what's going on uh, I don't know a man talking to lots of people and lots of people cheering uh... Oh sorry. sorry, lots of people cheering. I just bumped into a man. That's what happened, I just bumped into a man. So I'm just passing St. Paul's Church, the back end of St. Paul's Church, uh, heading towards Oakley, where you can get some, some very overpriced sunglasses. Um, and this is an interesting, ugh, my brain is gone. So this is the final story that I'll tell you in this section. Uh, now, many of you have probably heard the story of Burke and Hare. Hare uh, obviously based in Edinburgh uh, they were the body snatchers uh, there was a really awful film by John Landis about them recently meant to be funny it was uh, John Landis has really gone off the boil uh, anyway uh, they were the body snatchers uh, this is about the resurrection men this is what they were called and Covent Garden has its very own uh, body snatchers the resurrection men so damn I'm out of breath. Michael Shields, one of the famed London Burkers, aka the Resur- Resurrection Men, uh, he killed people to sell their bodies for the m- medical profession uh, at King's College School of Anatomy on the Strand. So that's not too far from here, that's literally one street away. On the 27th of September 1899, oh, my phone literally, I'm getting my notes on my phone, it jumped a page down and then it started saying, Ada Chard, as I have done Ada Chard. Uh there we go. Oh, this is why unfortunately I need my notes for this one because these are cases that I haven't investigated uh, 100% yet so they're not fully in my head. Uh Michael Shields, Thomas Williams and John Bishop. If you like British comedy, it's not that John Bishop. I like uh, I'm a cheeky comedian and John Bishop and cheeky comedian. <laughs> That was my John Bishop impression. Maybe I'll save that for uh I'll save that for mini mile. Hello Kiki! Kiki? John Bishop is the comedian! Um Michael Shields, Thomas Williams and John Bishop offered the body of a boy for sale to Mr. Partridge, demonstrator of anatomy at the King's College for nine guineas. Not a hell of a lot of money. The appearance of which was so suspicious. Um And it it was quite clear that the young boy had been hit over the head with a blunt instrument, that Mr. Partridge, the demonstrator, uh, having detained the men on pretense of changing a uh, a £50 note, £50 note, that seems a lot, uh, sent for Thomas, the police superintendent, and had them taken into custody, in order that they might uh, satisfactorily account for the possession of the dead body. The case was opened at Bow Street Magistrates Court on the Saturday night, and it was more uh, minutely gone into by the Tuesday at the Unicorn Public House, just around the corner, on Henrietta Street. This was back in the era when, where, even though uh, they had um, Newgate Prison and the Old Bailey just around the corner, if they needed, they didn't have jury room rooms, so if they needed the jury to kind of uh, discuss the case even further, they would book out a pub a uh, book out a room in a pub and then take them there and then the jury would sit there for a couple of days having a couple of beers and having some fun they did that with the alexander Moyer case uh, that we've mentioned before so hopefully uh, i'm going to do a little bit more about the burkas and hopefully that will be coming to murder Mile soon obviously as I said before i need to find uh something interesting to uh, something different and interesting to tell you about that case but all three men were arrested here in Covent Garden, where I'm standing now, just outside Oakley, uh, and they were tried at Bow Street Magistrates Court. Ah! Whew, that was that. Did you enjoy that? Was that good? That was. Um, it's slightly easier for me to do. Uh, where am I going? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna take a little walk down uh, King Street for a moment. I'm just outside Burberry. Uh, but there we go. That was that episode. I hope you enjoyed that that was Meander Mile uh, the Covent Garden one Meander Mile 2 next week you are going to have the Roberto Troyan episode uh, that will be 10 murder miles in a row uh, I've done two of them already so I'm slightly ahead so you don't need to worry that I will turn around and go oh I've got no time to do this uh, literally I do have time to do this it's all very good at the moment everything's going rather well uh, so that'll be that that'll take you uh, to September October-ish Then we'll do probably the Meander Mile in Rye. Uh, I'll do one in Brighton as well because I need to do some research in Brighton. Then we'll do uh, a mini mile. I think there'll be about six episodes. And then that will take us to uh, the final part, the the multi-part that we're going to end the series with. And then that will take us right to Christmas. And then I can have a little break. So I hope you enjoyed that. That was a little bit shorter. Than uh, I, I planned to do, but we, we did a good walk there. I think we did about half a mile. And uh, my pedometer, as I like to call it, my pedometer on my wrist has told me that I've just, how much have I done? How much have I done? I've passed, I think it says I've passed 11,500 pedos, uh, unless that means steps. I think it means steps. So I've done 11,500 steps, but I've probably passed around 11,500 pedos as well. Anyway, that was that episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to be back next week with more fun. Thank you so much to everyone, and I wish you all well. Ta-ta! Hold
2: up!